Welcome back to Film Vloggers. We review films with vlog dead horses, so you don't have to. Is this week's film choice a complete waste of your viewing time? Much like vlogging slash beating a dead horses, get it? Please head over to www.filmvloggers.com to check out all of our previous vloggings. And while you're there, maybe hang out for a while, look around and vote for our next film. Click on vote or visit www.filmvloggers.com forward slash vote. Are you an idiot? If so, please check out our idiot's guide to reviewing us, where even a big dummy like you can leave us a red-hot review. Here at Film Vloggers, we pride ourselves on offering one-star content with five-star effort. Once on the website, please click on Idiot's Guide, or visit us at www.filmvloggers.com forward slash review hyphen us. That should have been Idiot's Guide. My fault, I didn't change the URL. Annoying. Once again, filmvloggers.com forward slash review hyphen us. Believe it or not, we now have a Patreon. I know what you're thinking. You have the audacity to ask us to pay to receive more of this. Forceful dramatic effect. Yes. We have a Patreon-exclusive show called Near Pickers. I think you'll like it. Please visit www.filmflogs.com forward slash support hyphen us. Again, that hyphen is annoying. Should have removed it. Or head straight to our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash film wafflers. No idea why I did film wafflers. Another mistake. Where you can support us for as little as one British pound or a buck fifty. And while you're on the website, punch that big purple subscribe button and tell a friend about the vlog. Wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, mistress, your nan, granddad, your kids. They can tell their friends. They can tell their friends at school about the vlog. But in all seriousness, this really helps the podcast grow and enables us to enrich or ruin the lives of the hundreds of millions of earlobes we haven't reached yet. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. The only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question, does watching this film feel like vlogging a dead horse? There he is, beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the fuck is Dan Mackers doing our intro? I want me gold! That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we? Over to you, Ben. Right, okay, I think that's recording. That's good. That's exciting. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so I'm talking to a man who has seen The Batman, and, you know, without any spoilers, oh, I don't know what to quite say. Sounds like he enjoyed it. The Batman. It was, uh, it was very enjoyable. Um, I, I really wish at this moment uh, you had seen it so we could talk about The Batman. <laughs> Instead of talking about another movie, I totally love what we're doing today. Um, but yeah, what a it's it's a, you know what it's like when you see a movie, especially a movie you're you're really excited to see and uh, a hyped movie, and you walk away feeling not only satisfied but just just charged up with uh, getting almost everything you had hoped you could see. So, uh, and I think the one that we're talking about today um, didn't have the same expectations, but. I think I had similar feelings of satisfaction walking out of it. So take take it away, Ben. Oh, that's right. I'm the host, aren't I? Yeah, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I know. I'm just a natural leader. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Uh, yeah, well, that's the... Se- well, actually, this is the thing, you see. So on this episode, this will be the first time we will have... Film vloggers will have the new intro. We've got this fantastic new intro. It's not right to have the intro without the man in question being on the episode. So, here we are, and here he is. He's on the episode. I hope it. Uh, I hope it brings film vloggers to another level. Oh, so do I. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, this is the answer. I think it's one of those things we think. Oh, what's the answer? How the hell do you get more downloads? This is it. Catchy intro. Just get Dan Mackles to your <laughs> intro. If this doesn't work, then call it a day. Oh shit. Yeah. So that should be good. Yeah. So we we did speak about doing a Batman film. We are due to do one, and a good one, because we have done Batman Returns with uh, the Thomas, which was a bit of a dud. Well, we ended up just talking about the history of Batman, and uh, I think a general discussion 
on pros and cons of uh, comic book based movies, which is something we can we can kind of get into with this one. Um, but uh, yeah, we didn't spend a ton of time talking about uh, Batman Returns. So hey, man, if you want to have me back so we can discuss the Batman, I'll get up at five thirty again and uh, and plug in. Okay, yeah, it sounds like that's that's going to have to be be a future one, isn't it? You know, I know every every single podcast in the world will be talking about the Batman, but I feel listening to me and you talk about the Batman is the uh, definitive podcast episode on the Batman. So it would it would be interesting because you are admittedly not a huge genre film fan, like you. Don't, uh, you know, count the sleeps until the new Doctor Strange movie and oh, no, lose no, your I mind over, don't. No. <laughs> no. over uh, Avengers Endgame and such. But you you have said that if you had to pick, Batman would be sort of your your gateway into that, uh, into that genre. So I would be curious to know where this movie lands with you. Yes, no, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, the Batman is, uh, or sorry, Batman is as you like to say, your guy. I would say he's also my guy as well. And uh, it does look pretty good, apart from it being very long. But judging by your reaction, that's that's not remotely a problem. No, I mean, uh, yeah, (laughs) mini mini Batman episode here because I'm just jacked up on Batman. Uh, Well, this is it. I'm excited (laughs) to hear about the Batman. So, you know, we'll get to we'll get to Logan. That's the episode we are doing, the film we are doing in a sec. But it's Batman week, you know, come on, what have you got? It is a long movie. Um, uh, again, having just seen it uh, a few, literally a few hours ago, um, trying to kind of process uh, the film as a whole and, and trying to figure like, oh, okay, did this work? Did that work? I didn't really feel like it's this weird thing where, do you know, sometimes you can watch a, a three hour movie and be like, holy cow, that just flew by. What an amazing movie. I was engaged in every moment. Um this felt like three hours, but I couldn't quite figure out where they could change things. Like uh, there was, there's not much that is sitting in the back of my mind going, probably could have taken that out. That probably wasn't necessary, but I, I just absolutely, absolutely loved it. And the fact that we're doing this, this movie that we are doing today, Logan, I, I can see parallels between the two as far as uh, the scope being smaller um, not being, because uh, for me, um, when it comes to the comic book movies, especially after you've seen one gigantic, uh, which I know you love, CGI battles, you've sort of seen them all. Yes. And I tend to, and, and again, I am someone who loves those movies. I, I loved Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and, and all those films. Um, ever since that uh, Endgame came out, I've kind of at my peak with the Marvel stuff, I'm not suggesting that any of it's not quality, but I tend to check out when there's so much happening on screen because I'm just like, I, and I'm not a basher of CGI. I, I, I appreciate it for the tool for telling stories, especially these stories that you need this tool to, to do things that is just not capable of, uh, of happening otherwise. I really like it when they do something smaller because everyone wants to go bigger do something smaller. And with Logan, you get that. There is no big, you know, um, light in the sky CGI battle at the end. And uh, I, I, Batman is kind of like that in, in a way. So anyways, do you want to get hard into Logan from 2017? Or do you just want to hear me wax on about how much I love the Batman? Well, you know, I'm sure it will come back up again at some point. But I saw Logan in... The cinema. I think I went to the cinema. Pretty sure. Yeah, it was good. And for whatever reason, I love how non-committal you are to stuff. You're like, yeah, yeah, it was good. I can't think of many films in all four episodes of Film Floggers that I've listened to that you have ever now, been. Come on, tell overly the truth exci- now. Four. Come on. <laughs> well, hang on. Let, let me been... finish. Let me finish. I was going to say. So yes, <laughs> okay, it, on, was, it was fine. Go go go. I came out and I was like, yeah, okay, good. And for whatever reason, I hadn't rewatched it since. I don't know why. It's, it obviously was critically acclaimed and it was beloved by, by many. So, yeah, it just passed me by and I just thought, oh, I must go back and rewatch that. And, uh, yeah, God, it's, it's, it's very good. It is a very good film. And the opening five minutes, it's like, yeah, that's Wolverine. 
this R-rated, which I, I know Hugh Jackman fought for and he took a pay cut and all this stuff to make sure it was R-rated. It was like, yeah. And I really think that if we could have had potentially a trilogy of R-rated Wolverine, this could have been, I think, comfortably one of the best trilogies, comic book trilogies, or one of the top 15, top 20 trilogies in film. Not quite to the level of the Dark Knight trilogy, but it could have been sort of scratching the surface of that. We could have got something really special. So I know the first two are, um, they're okay in their own way, but yeah, this was way better than I remember it. To your point, right? Um, It makes sense why Jackman would take a pay cut because one of the reasons why they are uh, reticent to make a R-rated film is because they know it's going to have a, a smaller box office take, right? Because it limits, you know, a large portion of your audience. You know, comic book characters are for kids and, you know, maybe you get something like a little PG-13. But even even with that, um, the, the budget for this one was like $97 million and it still took home worldwide uh, just just under $620 million. So well, exactly. Well, how much money do you need? You know that's that's a lot. Yeah, of money. but when you see, we get it. When you see, yeah, when you see something like uh, you know uh, Avengers Endgame, they spent probably you know two hundred, three hundred million on it, and then they you know make two billion, like two billions, two billion, right? Like I mean, well, of course, but it's Avengers is Avengers because you've got about fifty million characters. With Marvel, yeah, it makes sense because they're making silly money. They're trying to get all these characters in financially. And in a business sense, you can't start off with PG-13 and then get to the end and go, oh, do you know what? The final two Avengers films are R-rated. Take that. Wouldn't make any sense. But 100%. With Wolverine, it's like, well, yeah, this is is what we need from this. And I'm not really following Phase 4. Is that what we're on now, Marvel Phase 4? I think they're on Phase 4 too, yeah. You've got Blade coming up. Okay, Blade. I'm up for some more Blade. I think the first two Blades, great films. What's well, going to be a 12A? It's going to be a PG-13. I just, no, no. Well, What's yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, I'm, I'm going to go on with an open mind. Um, and again, like, you know, not to, not to bring everything back to the Batman. I had always wanted to see, because um, when you've got a character like that's this big um, in, in the Batman, or even with, with with the Wolverine, right? The Wolverine had been sort of the uh, the, the tentpole Marvel character uh, before the DC. Uh, sorry, not the DC before the MCU, right? We had like the Spider Man movies and the X Men movies. But I always wanted to see, like, okay, hey, if you're going to do it R rated, obviously you're not going to spend two hundred and fifty million dollars on the budget. Give me a $50 million crime noir rated R Batman movie. I, I would have loved to have seen that because some of the books that you read, uh, they are dark, right? They, they they are kind of these these detective noir films. And this is about the closest thing you're going to get to that, I think, with the Batman movie. But the fact that with, with Logan, especially, I think maybe it was because Jackman was saying, like, I'm done with this. Like I don't think I can, I don't think I can put my body through it anymore. Um, he's like, I'll do it, but I kind of want to do it my way. I, I think that might have played a factor, because you know when you hear what he has to do to his body to get uh, prepared for this role, it's bananas. Like I was just reading up that whenever there's a shirtless scene, he like dehydrates for forty eight hours before they they shoot that, and you're just like. God damn it, man. Because it's also crazy, too, because you look at, um, say, have you seen all the, uh, you know, the X-Men movies, uh, the Days of Future Past and all that? Yeah, I think the only one I've not seen is the most recent one. Is it Dark Phoenix or, or something? Which apparently I haven't was seen that one either. Hideous, so. Yeah, but, uh, but like you look at uh, that scene in the Days of Future Past where, they, you know, they transport his mind back in time and he gets out of bed and he's just... It looks like a, it's chiseled out of granite, right? Compared to go back and find some stills of him shirtless in the original 2000 X-Men. Oh, yeah. It's not the same guy, yeah, man. No, <laughs> like it's, no. It's, 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 uh, obviously, there's been some some special supplementation involved in uh, in those chiseled abs. But, you know, he works hard. He's obviously in his sort of mid-40s at this point, and he, he's looking 
infinitely better and bigger and stronger than he was when he was 30. So it was like, oh, okay, interesting. But no, fair play. He looks phenomenal. Yeah, unbelievable. To get off on a little uh, a little sidebar here, um, for years and years, uh, the, the pressure on Hollywood for uh, a female actor to look a certain way is, is enormous, right? You've got to look like you just stepped off the pages of Vogue magazine, right? But if you kind of think about it over the last 15, maybe 10, 15 years, it's almost become that way for a leading man, right? Like you've got to look like Chris Hemsworth or, you know, um, Chris Evans, Pick a well. Look at Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt went from a, a doughy kind of comedian guy to you know on the cover of Men's Fitness. But I was watching uh, the Indiana Jones movies with my son a couple weeks ago. I was introducing him to it, and there's a few scenes where Harrison Ford, you know, he's got his shirt off. He's kind of you know uh, looking looking pretty good, but he ain't rocking abs, man. Like he just looks like a normal in shape guy and it's like the wolverine that we get from the original x-men movie that's sort of the last little gasp of like hey here's an in shape guy he's not you know he's not cut but uh yeah like i'd look like that right but not no more man you want to be a superhero you got to look like a fucking uh a greek god and that also goes across the board it's not just wolverine or the main character or captain america it's like every male character that you come into contact with, good and bad, has to be chiseled. Ant-Man. They have to just find an excuse for the, for the shirt to just to either be popped off or blown off or set on fire. It's like, all oh, right, yes, yeah, so Ant-Man's got abs as well. Cool. <laughs> look, look at Paul Rudd. Look at Paul Rudd in the original Ant-Man. Yeah. It's just like, well, good for you, man. You look great. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, the, it's the sale, isn't it, I guess, as well. It's one of those things where, you know, these days people just love the abs. They love six packs. It was like, well, if you're going to have these, and also it's the whole superhero thing as well, isn't it? I guess, I guess it's like these people are superheroes or they're they're something, you know, they're they're not human or whatever they are. So everyone who's not human or is uh, is advanced in some way, well, standard, you have to have a six pack. If you don't, then you're just a you know a bog standard bloke like the rest of us. So yeah, yeah. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, no, well, yes, no, I do. I do have a six pack uh, occasionally. Fiona would argue, but she's not here, so she can. She can. Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. But so with with revisiting this movie, um, I'm assuming you saw it in theater. You said you saw it in theater, right? I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, yeah, yeah. So, and, and you said you walked away this time, going, "Wow, like what a what a great what a great send off for the character." Um, and again, like you said. It's like, oh, why couldn't we have had more of this? It's sort of like, uh, this is great, but why not? Like, uh, can't we get another one? Well, the, the, for, yeah, for me, this this is what I want from a, a you know a superhero film. Now, I've got I've got no problem with with Marvel. Liar, you're a fucking liar. Well, I know, but not not in the sense that I'd sit here and if someone went to me, I'd love Avengers. I'd be like, oh well, I'm going to sit here and list all the reasons why it's shit and I don't like it. It's like, great, okay, fine. Cool, good for you. To be fair, even you've said that you're becoming, maybe not tired, but it's just like, yeah, you watch a film and you go, okay, that was entertaining. I enjoyed myself. But are you still at a point where you're like, oh, wow, what's next? Here we go. I cannot wait for the next one. I'm really excited. Or are you just like, yeah, yeah, when it comes out and I can maybe take my son to it and we can have a good time, I'll watch it. But am I going to be there opening night? Am I going to be there like the Batman? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe you are, but I feel like maybe you've shifted slightly. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Um, I, I I think I've said this to you many times before. Uh, when you put in the effort to have a well mapped out sort of game plan, like they did with the uh, the the Infinity Saga, if you if you call it, getting to that one point, it's hard to. Uh, it's hard to get excited about for what's next because what's what's going to top what you did with Thanos, right? So I had suggested, um, you know, just to a buddy, I was like, you know what? They would be smart with this new Disney Plus stuff. Just leave the movies alone. Let's just take a, take a break from the movies and focus on these, you know, six episode series where you can really focus on just character development, and, and maybe plant the seeds of the next sort of team-up movie that way. Having said that, I think the only one I haven't seen is Eternals. Um, and I just have no interest in seeing it. There's nothing about that movie that grabs me. 
Um, but yeah, I like the Spider-Man movies. They were fine. Um, be honest with you, the Doctor Strange movie looks pretty good. But uh, okay, Ben, let's, let's. Yeah, sorry, Logan. Let's talk about a good film. Let's, let's really, it, but this is a film. problem you and I have. Like we we go off on all these different directions, and next thing you know, it's an hour's gone well, by. It's like, oh yeah, uh, Logan, I give it a pass. Yeah, right? well, so. you're a waffler. You know what you like. You know, it's this is it. It's, oh. you know, I have to keep reining you in all the time. But that would be the uh, the pot calling the kettle well, black there, my steady. friend. Right. So, Logan, what do you think about Logan? What did you enjoy about Logan? How did you find it? Again, uh, you touched on it. Um, we we get right into the movie with that scene where they're uh, that gang is you know jacking the rims off his his uh, limo there, and he just go like he is stabbing guys in the face. He's cutting off limbs. Super. It's very bloody, and you're like, yes, yes, this is what I want to see because. We didn't really get an opportunity to have it done in such a graphic, uh, a graphic way in any of the movies that came before this. I mean, there was a what was the X Men movie where it wasn't First Class. Uh, it was the second one where they had like the younger, uh, the younger Cyclops and Jean Grey, and they stumble across him as Weapon X inside the facility and they let him loose and he just rips through everybody. I'm like, that was pretty good. That that wasn't bad, but it wasn't on this level. So they set the tone um, right off the bat. And again, like I, I, I mentioned earlier, I think I mentioned earlier, I enjoy the smaller scale, right? We've seen so many over the top um, world threatening events in superhero movies. It was cool just to have this intimate story about you know basically trying to get uh what is essentially his daughter to freedom and him discovering uh a sense of family which is a theme that's run through the character like he's a he's a loner right he's a uh, uh a guy that has a hard time having attachments to people one of the reasons is because he will probably outlive most of them so that that aspect was uh, I, I thought such a a great way to go at the end of the day with the X-Men films. There's been some good ones. I enjoyed the first two, but it's always been about Wolverine. For me anyway, it's always been about Wolverine. I think that's why the third one, the end of the trilogy, the original trilogy, The Last Stand, like, who cares about Jean Grey? I don't care about Jean Grey. It was all centred around her and how, how powerful she was becoming. I know that was, it was built up to that, but it's all about Wolverine. It's one of those things with Hugh Jackman. It's like, he's ended it on his terms, which is great. And of course, when stuff ends and the character gets retired and the actor says, oh, I've had enough for whatever reason, it's like, oh, well, I'm sure at some point in the future, someone else is going to come along because they're going to be like, oh, people are going to want to see the Wolverine. They're going to make more money. But in this case, it's like, I just really would struggle to see how they would go about trying to bring back Wolverine. It'd be easy in the sense that they could just make up some more stories about it. but. Who's going to want to see someone else play Wolverine? It's a tough one. I just think Hugh Jackman. It's it is because he's just he's just so good at it. He just epitomizes the character. X Men for me is all about Wolverine. Wolverine's the star, and it's just nice that he's finally sort of fully let loose in Logan with the R rated stuff, which is which is perfect. Yeah, I mean, he's played the character, I believe, nine times, including like little cameos in, in certain uh, certain iterations of the X Men movies. But um, to to have a, uh, I guess this would be the third one where it's completely focused on the character, as we had X Men Origins, which was it had its moments, but overall it was a mess. Uh, the Wolverine, I could say, it was a better version of that. Uh, had its moments with. You know, but overall kind of a mess. But this one was just so, um, I don't know, it was it was so great to see that they they they, they took um, that smaller scale and and were able to tell a, an engaging story of, of this guy who has been indestructible in pretty much every version that we've seen of him. He's falling apart. I love that you can see him, he even struggles to get his claws out now and that this, this, 
thing that has been protecting him, his ability to heal and the fact that he's got the metal that adamantium grafted on his uh, on his skeleton has now started to probably be the reason he's dying, right? It's like poisoning his body. And uh, when you have a character, and I think this is, I th- you and I were recently on Shock and Awe talking about uh, uh, Superman 3 and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, one of the things I, I remember we were talking about is when you have a, a character like Superman that is indestructible, well, unless you got like the, you know, kryptonite, you're like, what are you going to do to him, right? So there's there's no stakes. Right off the bat, you don't feel that sense of, well, it's fine. Wolverine will pop out the bullets and, and, and he'll just carry on his merry way. We see he's a broken man. And every time there's a, a conflict, you you don't have that sense of he's just going to breeze through it, you know? The film itself and the tone and what they're doing with it, I'm assuming Hugh Jackman had a huge part to play in that because I'm sure the studio and everyone around him were like, come on, Hugh, let's get another trilogy on the go. To go from seeing Wolverine be, as you said, pretty much an unstoppable force throughout each film, I should say, actually, I do always quite enjoy when you see Wolverine come up against Magneto Mm. because we see it several times throughout the films and it's like, okay, Come on, come on, Wolverine. We have played this game before. You know what the setup is. Magneto can control metal. So what are we going to do this time? Oh, no, we're just going to launch towards him. Oh, okay, and he stopped you. Oh, dear, right. So, uh, oh, actually, talking about Magneto, he was right. He was right. He's always said from the start to Charles, he said, humans will be the one, you know, our downfall. They're trying to wipe us out. And Charles said, no, no, come on, Magneto. Now we've got to live with the humans. So, hey, you know, Magneto, bad guy, but... He was right. I think that was also, you know, to touch back in the older movies, I think that was one of the beautiful dynamics of uh, the X-Men movies is that you have the main villain that is set up in a way that you can empathize with him. You understand where he's coming from. And uh, it creates such a great dynamic where, yeah, he's probably right, but... But Charles is trying to be virtuous. And again, speaking of send-offs, even though I think we're going to get more uh, Patrick Stewart playing Professor X, I think is if you've seen the trailer for the new uh, Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange, his, you can hear his voice in the trailer. And you're just like, oh, are they, they bringing him back? But until that point, this was also Patrick Stewart's send-off for Professor X, which is you know one of his two main iconic roles, the other one being of uh, Jean-Luc Picard from the Star Trek series and his performance too is almost um uh, I I wouldn't say forgotten but the focus is on Hugh Jackman and and, and Wolverine. Professor X has a great story arc in this in this film and and like what do you do when you've got the most powerful mind in the world when that mind starts to fail. And I, I thought it was such a cool little um, story device where he's he's got dementia, and when he starts going through having these seizures, the effect that it has on everybody around him, right? They, there was a great couple of set pieces where he, that happens to him out in public, and just the chaos, right? I, I, I absolutely uh, love that, that, like I said, story device. Throughout the X-Men films, Charles, like he was because he, he ran the school, he was the, the father figure to everyone. And even even Logan, to a point, he was the one who always brought him back and made him sort of change his way slightly and become a little less selfish and all that throughout the, the X-Men films. But the dynamic of now Logan being the one who's caring for Charles was quite, was quite nice. These two sort of broken down guys who were dying or were way past their best in different ways was pretty effective, was well done. The bit with Charles where he gets killed by, was it X-24? What did you think about that factor being introduced? Uh, basically a younger, more powerful clone of uh, Wolverine. Uh, yeah, it worked, I think. Because I wasn't on board with uh, uh, Pierce. Was it Pierce, the the bounty hunter? I didn't mind. I thought he was all right. What's his name? Boyd uh, something. What's that guy's name? Boyd Holbrook. Yeah, he's I fine. remember him from Narcos, and he's—I I thought he was not bad, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was okay. But if it was just him, if we just had him chasing after Logan throughout the film uh, and trying to stop the children and everything else, it'd be like, uh. because yes, Wolverine is now in a weakened state, but you've got uh, Laura or Lara who comes in, who could have dealt with him 
pretty easily by herself. So I think the X24 stuff's fine. It was nice to, in a way, have Wolverine at his best seal. I know we do see him at the end when he pumps the the uh, the potion into himself and he becomes the old Wolverine for a couple of minutes, which is nice. But no, I think it, it worked fine. And I think that was quite a somber and quite fitting ending for Charles. Oh, it was rough. The film's so fast-paced. The first hour or first 45 minutes is like, whoa, gee, this is, this is going. This is good. And then they have this dinner and they stop off and it's like, oh, what are we doing? You won't be doing this. You know they're after you. Yes, you don't know that Caliban is is helping them find you, but like, you'd keep going. But then Charles has his moment, he has his dinner, and he, and then he's like, he's almost ready to die. He was happy that he had that moment with the family, and he comes to the quite sad realisation that he was the one who caused this disaster a year ago, or whenever it was, yeah. that killed yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the rest of the X-Men off and another few hundred people. Uh, and then you can see that Logan was was giving him his medicine, his tablets, and didn't want to talk about it and didn't want him to remember it, which was quite sweet. I wasn't sitting there going, oh, no, move on. It was just like, oh, it was so fast-paced. It was like, okay, let's get past this. And it was also used for a bit of exposition with the the fields and the, the corn syrup and all that stuff. So it makes sense. I think for Charles, it was good. Good send-off. Yeah, I guess maybe... Maybe I, uh, I, I, I was like, well, I would have liked to have seen something, some, some different threat, right? Other than just a, uh, uh, I remember really bumping up against it when I first saw it. And maybe it was because of how he was introduced. Um, because you can see that, uh, Logan and uh, Charles are kind of at odds, right? Like there's this, there is a, obviously a love between the two of them, but it's never spoken quite like it is right before Charles dies. And it's not to Logan, right? It's it's to what he thinks is Logan, and then he's killed, and he never gets to have that moment with uh, uh, with the two of them, just to kind of say how important they were. And you're just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, man, that sucks. But in a way, Logan does get that moment when he's when he's dying at the end with his daughter there, and that last line of his, which is fantastic, where he's like, oh. So that's what that feels like. And I don't know if he's speaking specifically to unconditional love or uh, a sense of family or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I guess that's maybe why I, I was like, oh, I don't like what you guys did here. So I don't know if I like the X-24 character. But um, but yeah, and that was also a great plot too. The um, sort of driving force was the government had all of the you know the dna of the of the mutants and they're trying to create their own little warriors and the 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 children are getting smuggled out by the staff of the hospital and that's how we see you know wolverine pulled into this this plot which it happens to be his daughter i i, I thought that aspect was pretty cool do you do you agree or disagree with me ben just agree <sighs> no i thought it was shit um, that doesn't sound like you're agreeing with no me. yeah no it's good yeah <laughs> The thing is, it was it's reasonably basic, the whole X24 and the plot with the kids and stuff, but it's fine. It's not offensive. It, it works with the film. It doesn't really distract you too much from from Logan and what he's doing and from Lara and, and what she's doing and how she's his daughter. And that plays out quite well. It's nothing that you have to sort of worry too much about or you have to spend that much time going, right, so hang on, what are we doing? Who are these people? Why are they doing this? Okay. Oh, okay, right. It's Yeah, that's fine. I like the idea of the... God, you're right there. What's happening? As an owl flown in. There's a gigantic, a gigantic spider has just started crawling right across Right in mid-flow. How rude. Right How in rude of that spider. It was good. Like it knew. I know. Fuck it. I'm just going to let him go. He's too big. I can't reach him. Too bad we're not talking about spider. Jesus Christ, he's big. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Right. What was I saying? Thank you, spider. You're <laughs> oh no! I was going to say yeah. I liked the whole the whole thing about when Richard E. Grant pops in. He comes in ah, and he says yeah, about yeah. how oh you know the kids it failed because basically we couldn't nurture the rage into them. We couldn't make them be angry and want to kill everyone, and we couldn't weaponize them. So we had to just pretty much bin them and get get rid of them and start killing them off. So I quite like that. I thought that was pretty good. We've got um, Logan's DNA. So how else can we do it? Oh, I know. Let's just make a, an actual clone just with a haircut. That sounds good. Here he is, X-24, everyone. 
No, no. It was again on my second viewing. I was like, yeah, okay, this this kind of works, right? But when you've got um, a, a movie that has such a prominent character that's being played by, I think she was 11 years old at the time, this Daphne Keene, uh, it can fall apart, right? It can, it can, uh, it can be like, ah, th- that doesn't quite work. It's always a risk, isn't it? Child actors are always very hit and miss. I I thought she was she was great. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. She had she had a presence, and um, even though. She doesn't say a lot, which um, at first I was like, well, maybe this is a choice that the filmmaker made because she doesn't have the you know ability to to pull off a captivating scene with dialogue. It's almost more of a challenge, right? Because I love the way she's introduced as far as her her how lethal she is when they corner them on the farm. If you, I, I don't know, that's an old smelting factory or something. I'm not sure exactly what it was. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when they, they send all the, the guys in to grab her and you don't even see that scene, you just sort of see her sitting there eating her cereal and she kind of looks over her shoulder. And then the next shot is you can hear the chaos and she just, she, she's carrying a head, isn't she? She just oh, wanders yeah. out. Oh, she just, just rolls the head out. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is good. You're this like, is holy really good. Holy shit, what is this? And then, of course, we get to see her in action uh, shortly after that. But you you see her as such a credible, unhinged threat that, you know, the, the following scenes where you see her kind of wandering into a gas station and just grabbing stuff. And you've got the clerk going, hey, hey what are you doing? And when she looks at him, you're like... Oh, oh, oh man, is she gonna is she gonna tear this guy from limb to limb? Um, and then other great moments where you remember it's like, okay, she is this weapon, but she's also a kid, uh, and she does very kid like things when they're sitting in the the theater. I don't know, that wasn't Vegas. Uh, I think it was maybe Reno or something when they're going on the road trip and she's just sitting there, you know, watching the movie. I thought she did a a wonderful job. Oh yeah, no, she was good. I liked the bit when she was on the horse. This was what, you know, 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. after she slaughtered yeah. about 50 people and she'd rolled a, a decapitated head to someone's feet. She's still got the blood on her too, right? And then she starts kicking off because it's, it stops and, uh, yeah, it, Wolverine just casually pops a, another quarter back in. Like, one more one more turn and then we got to leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> the scene where they are at, I think they said it's o- Oklahoma City, I think. Oh, was it? Okay. I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, we we see Charles having another one of his seizures. And in that scene as well, when they're watching the film, the comic book stuff, which is almost breaking the fourth wall, isn't it? With having the, yeah. not just a comic book about, because it's not just about Spider-Man or Batman. It's, it's about X-Men. And it's like, oh, okay, right. So Logan pretty much says it how it is and goes, look, this is this whole Eden thing. Uh I think it could be a load of shit. And also, comic books, they don't really give you any indication of, of what the X-Men and people that I knew and people that I watched die, what they actually really went through. 10% of this is real and the rest is just made up. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, it was really well put together because it was it was breaking the fourth wall, but it wasn't it wasn't a case of, you know, Logan reading the comic and looking, like, looking at us and going, oh, look at this. Look at this crap, eh? Yeah, it, it was great. Like you said, they don't uh, they don't do the the, the over the top wink and the nod, right? Um, but it's almost like uh, making a commentary. Maybe, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but uh, a commentary on you know what we get with what's presented, you know, on the news and in wide stream uh, mainstream media, right? It's like they'll take a little nugget of something, and then you know it's like, oh wow, everyone will react to it, but it's like. That's not really the whole story, you know. Um, I, this is way off on a sidebar, but I have become so cynical with shit that I see posted online now. And of course, we've got everything that's going on with Kiev and and um, the world is falling apart, Ben. <laughs> but uh, I saw this one post the other day where everyone was over, like, you know, like, oh my God, you know, what a hero. Have you seen the video where it looks like, uh, I think it might be in England, actually, where it looks like there's a, a man in distress at a train station and uh, a couple of women walk by him pushing a baby stroller and you can tell the guy's having a phone conversation. He's he's very agitated. He throws down his laptop. He ends up throwing his phone. The two women walk past him. One of them stop and they start making their way towards him. 
And right when it seems like he's, whatever he's dealing with is taking him to the edge, it looks like he's going to jump in front of a moving train, but she tackles him right before, right before that happens. And I was like, oh my God. I haven't seen this. No. Remind me, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and send a link to you. And I was instantly like, this looks fake. Like this, like, this is too perfect. This is, this looks like the way the guy's framed, um, the absurdity of, uh, if you saw a grown man freaking out and two women by themselves with a baby walked by him, I think they would just keep moving past the man after they're like, oh, okay, like you kind of do your thing. I don't think they would stop and, and approach him. And again, too, there's a scene like it's what it, it looks like a goddamn bullet train that goes by them, right? It's it's unbelievably fast. And she literally grabs him before he's mush. But yet there's no movement of their, like, there's a bunch of trash everywhere. None of it moves. And I'm just kind of like, I, I don't know, man. Like, am I too cynical? Am I too... Oh, hugely like, cynical. Hugely. What are you trying to say? That stuff on Twitter and in the real world's not happening and it's all fake? Yeah, yeah. Well... I don't know what Twitter you're on, but... But, but you, like, again, I, I, I hate it because whenever you see something come out on... Um, uh, what's going on in Ukraine, which is, hey, man, that's awful shit, man. That's, you know, we've got this weird thing that's going on in Canada with this freedom rally. And everyone's like, ah, oh, we want our freedoms back because of everything that's taken place with the pandemic. And then you see what's going on over there. And I'm like, that's, like, we're fine, right? This is real, like, oppression. But I've also seen many posts come out about it where someone's like, okay, hey, this is great. But this took place in, in 2018. And here's the article. And you're like, oh, you have to question everything. You 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 can't just take something at at face value, and that's what um, sort of triggered my thought pattern. Uh, even though this film came out in 2017, but I kind of felt like maybe it was a comment on that, right? Like, okay, here's what everyone thinks it is. I was there. It's actually quite different. Yeah, no, that's a good point, and, and it's also just down to the. Thank you. I love it when you say that. Well, you know, you went on a bit, so. It'd be bad if I just said that all that was a load of shit. That might hurt your feelings. I'm not like that. I'm not here to hurt people's feelings. You know, come on, I'm better than that. But you are better than that. It could just be a simple thing where it's like, yeah, you've got an old grizzled man who's at the end, and you've got a young girl who's, yeah, forget that she's been in a lab for the first ten years of her life, but it's just a young girl that you know you you want to believe things are real. You have older people and guys who are more cynical and more miserable, and it's like, no, this is wrong. Why do you believe this? I'll tell you the truth. It's this. But in this case, it actually turns out that, well, we don't actually get any confirmation if there actually is an Eden, but the coordinates at least get them to this hut in the mountains, which is a safe place for all the kids. So it's very difficult these days to to read something. And even if even watching something, anything to do with COVID or anything to do with vaccines and this and deaths and everything else and infection rates, one article, one video is like, oh, this is happening. These are the facts. This is what you need to know. Loads of comments. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Next post. No, actually, no, these are the facts. This is how many people are dying. This is the infection rate. The vaccine is dog shit. Read this. Here's the videos. If social media wasn't grim enough, and if people, a lot of people who go on social media weren't already on the edge as it is, to then start seeing all this, it's like, wow. Oh dear! Yeah, it's a uh, a slippery slope. Yeah, it's it's true, but the, then again, too, um, there's also slivers of truth. And I think, like you were saying, with the comic book depiction of Eden, yeah, it's not exactly that in in reality, but in a way, uh, what it does represent is true. And it is their uh, ability to, you know, reconnect with everybody so they can they can get their Eden, which is, again, I think they're heading to Canada, which is, hey, come to Canada, man. It's God, right if here. only they knew, huh? Just avoid, just avoid the truckers, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of like it turned out to be factual in a way. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was such a, such a great, such, such a great, little contained story you didn't like um you didn't like the uh the the scene where they stop and and connect with the family you thought that was like coming to a a dead stop in the film there or when i was watching at the time it was just oh it was just a bit silly it was like we wouldn't be doing this you wouldn't just be stopping with this family i get charles is like oh you know come on logan we've got to we've got to he's got to make logan realize that just because he's not part of the x-men anymore and he's lost the ability again to 
want to help people and it's all very much about him and Charles and you know he doesn't even want to help the girl he tries to drive off numerous times he's like Charles like no turn around we need to take the girl and you've got the little exposition drops in, in as well which just move the plot along but having that moment having that sort of that two minute scene of him in bed I think um, makes the scene justifiable and it makes sense I think for me I was I was enjoying the film and it was uh, it was moving at a pace it was just like oh oh okay well we're slowing it down and are what they're doing is that realistic just having dinner uh, but then i guess it's one of those things isn't it it's it's like in and around chaos and and shit the idea of just having an evening where the world doesn't feel like it's falling to pieces and, and you aren't being chased by god knows who and this girl that you've got isn't your daughter or is your daughter and where she come from what the hell's going on yeah you get that a lot don't you in, in films and stories where everything around you is falling to pieces but you just have a moment where you go, do you know what? This is this is nice. And this is what the world used to be potentially before this or how other people live, which is quite nice to just dip into, even if it's only for an evening. My takeaway from it was if you think about it, the game plan for Logan and Professor X at the beginning of the movie before they're introduced to Laura, even though Charles is suffering from dementia and it, maybe it's hard for him to stay you know, clear. It's essentially a suicide mission that the two of them are on, right? It's the reason why they're hiding in the desert there to keep Charles away from people. And you can see that Logan's trying to make as much money as he can so he can buy a boat so the two of them can just go out in the middle of the ocean and probably die together, right? And and not have to worry about hurting anyone else. And once Charles sort of has these moments where he does connect with Laura, um, yeah, you know, mentally, like he says it, like this is the one I was talking about, where before I think Logan was dismissing him as like, there are no mutants anymore. You're just having another bit of your, you know, your illness. And then when it turns out that it's true, I think Charles sees a little bit of hope. And he knows he's kind of coming to an end, but he's, I think he's hoping to try to show Logan as like, hey, you can't have this family again. Isn't this nice? We can have these moments. Whereas before he was like resigned to like, well, fine, I guess we're just going to go and, and fucking die. You know, Logan doesn't have to die, right? Logan can can maybe carry on, even though it, ultimately he doesn't. I think that was the point of the, uh, I think that was the point of that little side story, if you will. Yeah, well, look, the film is just, it's just a good film. And, you know, I've got to say, to, it's just a good bloody film. And the ending... Logan, yeah, it's just a good movie. The, the ending, yeah, the ending got me. It did. I, I knew what was coming, of course. I knew I knew Logan was going to meet his end. And the, the bit in, at the end in the, in the forest with the with the kids is, it's, yeah, it's fine. I just, again, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you're going to poke holes, it's like, well, you're chasing after the kids because you just want to get rid of them. You're not bringing them back, are you? The whole point was that you, you've made X-24 now. He's the answer. He's going to be the future. I thought they were just out just to remove the kids and just slaughter them and then that's it. That's the job done. Maybe bring back um, Lara because, um, or Laura because, was, is her name Laura or Lara? I think it's pronounced more than one way. So right. uh, I don't think you'll be uh, stepping out if you did oh, okay. either. Or. Right, so mini Wolverine is, yeah. So that makes sense maybe to bring her back because she's she's pretty powerful. Yeah, the, the bit at the end where they have the little funeral for Logan and spoiler, spoiler alert, just before she walks off, I'm sorry, she does walk off and then comes back and turns the cross. It's, it's yeah. It's good, man. It was good. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. You know, I have to admit, I had a lump in my throat and, uh, you know, maybe if Fiona wasn't there, I, I may have shed a tear. Well, maybe not a tear, half a tear. But I was like, whoa, that was, that was something. And something so subtle with the turning of the cross was so powerful. And again, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It was like, what can you do with that? Can you really tell me that however long however long you leave it, that you're going to try and bring back Wolverine, different actor in the future? Who wants to see it? It's going to happen. I, well, it's, it's going to happen. It's horrible. I just right? who wants to see it for Christ's sake? I just. <sighs> I think it's. I think with anything, it's like time and distance, right? You need time for uh, this to breathe. So at this point, we're five years removed from it. Um, Maybe take a couple more years. Like I don't think we're ready oh. to see a another uh, another actor take up the mantle. And I think you might run into that like almost Jared Leto situation um, with the Joker, right? Following such a iconic portrayal 
um, whoever came next was gonna get dumped on, right? So you almost need a buffer, <laughs> a buffer Wolverine. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's funny. I can't remember if I was emotional, but I saw this with a buddy, and I remember we came out. We're just like, it's pretty good. <laughs> what's uh, what's the uh, what's the last film you can remember shedding a tear in the theater? Oh, in the theater. Oh. Uh, I can remember mine. I can remember mine. It was uh, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, and, and myself. We took uh, we took my kid, who was I don't remember when this movie came out, but we took him to go see Coco. And uh, I guess like I, I don't really have any interest in this movie, you know, like whatever. It's Disney Pixar. How bad could it be? And the scene at the end where uh, he's going to his, uh, his his grandma, Coco. I'm like, I remember watching this movie going, I'm enjoying this movie. Why the fuck is this movie called Coco? Like, why? Like, wh- what's the deal? And then you get the moment with his grandma. And I remember it was just silence in this this half-filled theater with mostly families and kids. And, you know, kids are making their noises and stuff. And they were still kind of making their noises. But you could hear all the parents all... <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking over at my girlfriend and her mascara is running and I've got the huge lump in my throat and you know, my kid's like, Dad, are you okay? My, actually, my son is is named Logan. I, I named him after the Wolverine because it was either that or Darth Vader. And my wife at the time was like, you can't pick Darth Vader, so you get Logan. It's a shame. But uh, yeah, he's like, Dad, Dad, are you okay? I was like, yeah, Logan, I'm fine, buddy. Just fuck watch the movie. Shut up. Stop looking at me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, I I can't remember if I shed a tear in this one, but I do remember going ah, wow! But uh, wh- what a what a great send off for um, such an iconic character. I mean, I don't know what else we can say beyond that. The only mention I think we only mentioned him once, and I think he's he's worth just a nod. Was uh, what a great uh, showcase for Stephen Merchant, who is more primarily known for you know being a co-creator of The Office, and I remember first seeing him on Extras with uh, Ricky Gervais. I, I, I was, it took me, I was like, is that Stephen Merchant? And I thought he was fantastic. And you know, I, I, I haven't really seen him tackle anything uh, like this since then, even though I'm not really seeking him out, but I thought he was worth a nod. Yeah, you know, Stephen Merchant, he's, he's one of those guys also where he could do this sort of role. He could do loads of different roles. He's, and he's also you know, a very funny guy. But he could do these sort of roles because he's so one, he's he's very unique looking, and two, he's about like eight foot tall. So he could he's he could guy, definitely right? he could yeah. definitely do all sorts of like really funky roles like this. So I was probably just gonna say, without getting too bogged down with it, where this sits in the timeline of, of X Men, is this just a separate thing and, and that's fine. We we don't need to talk about it. It's like alternative universe in the future, in like, what, 2029 or whatever, that's fine. Or does it somehow still link in with the rest of the X-Men films? I don't I don't really care, to be honest, but... I think the X-Men, I think the X-Men timeline's really muddled because you've got, you know, the, the first two films, you've got the third one. In some films, they sort of reference the, the third one. In other films, it feels like they've just discarded it. Um, you've got the going back in time. I, I think they've just kind of been like, yeah, whatever. I remember reading something where uh, the director, James Mangold, said that they wanted to set it in the future as to not have to really focus on too much or, or, or messing up future movies that were going to be sort of taking place in, in present day, if you will. But uh, I, I think at this point now, you can look at the X-Men movies as, just whatever, because they're gonna they're gonna have them in the MCU sooner than later, and whether they kind of do the whole multiverse, you know, bringing uh, legacy characters in, or you just get a full recasting, who knows? But uh, I I think when it comes to that timeline, you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, fine. I, I like these ones, yeah, you know. Uh, oh, James Mangold, yeah, didn't really mention him. Yeah, he's uh he's had a pretty varied filmography. That guy, he's uh. He's good. He's done some good stuff. I know he's yeah. doing the new, he's helming the new Indiana Jones film, which I've got absolutely no interest in, to be honest. But he's done some decent films. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah, like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. it's just, 
like, oh, you know, what Harrison Ford, what's he like, 82, 83 years old? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll see it, but uh, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, you, I think you and I have discussed this uh, a couple times before. As bad as Star Wars, The Phantom Menace was and how, you know, it's not held up, I still was not as disappointed uh, walking out of that as I was walking out of uh, the the Crystal Skull. I, I, I like what what do we we could do a whole other podcast on that. <laughs> I just it was such a disappointment. I'd rewatch that actually. I saw it at the cinema and I've seen it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it once since. Oh, I know, would I? Is there any value in talking about that? Uh, no. Nah. You know what? Shit it is. No, probably not. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, if you want, like, we can talk about uh, maybe. If, maybe have you done any? You haven't done any Indiana Jones on film vloggers. Oh yeah, we done we done Raiders of the Lost Art. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You did do Raiders, and you you shout at us. Jackasses yeah. were both kind of like, uh, uh, meh. fuck. I was yeah. mad at you. Yeah, man. you were bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we spoke for weeks. Yeah, yeah. You weren't happy. Oh, I was yeah. like, you fucking. Well, okay. Guys. Let's let's do the second one then, or, or whatever. Let's do let's do an yeah, indie yeah, film. Yeah, I'll do. Let's do Temple of Doom. Let's do Temple of Doom. There's oh, some good I'm talking always, points oh, there. Temple of Doom. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do Temple Ugh. of Doom. Let's do The Phantom Menace, for Christ's sake. When's this bloody Star Wars episode happening? Come on. It's long overdue. I don't know, man. I don't know. We can talk about that off air. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, man, like, uh, you know, much like we we closed down fucking The Sopranos, uh, the Logan, it's just a really good movie. It is a really good film. <laughs> really good film. Oh, Flog Score, Dan, I don't know if you've heard our, our hilarious... Oh, you, uh, you, got a, you got a Flog Score now? I don't know. I don't listen to your show. Oh, we've got we've got all sorts. It's like a really just terrible version of the Shat Score. I was just like, okay. I was just trying to think of anything that could top the Shat Score, and I, I, I couldn't. Lay it on me, man. I got everyone in a room. I got Fiona and Tom, and I was like, guys, we're not leaving this room until we figure out a system that's better than Shat the Movies, and <laughs> they left pretty quickly, and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just do something by myself. Oh, flog score. Okay. That's better than nothing. So, uh, yeah, one to five. That's fresh. Yeah, this probably potentially would be below one. And I haven't actually got a, a sound effect for that yet. But what are you giving this, you know, one and below being the best and five flogs being uh, horrible? So, oh, okay. Well, yes. Uh, that's, so, we're making it complicated over here. It's very complicated. Yeah. 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 So, uh, out of, so if one is the best, um, I would give this, I would give this rating a two. Because uh, of the quality of the film, um, what a wonderful sort of send-off it is for the character, as we mentioned before. But um, even though I own it, it's not one that is uh, like a go-to revisit for me, right? Like where I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going on. I want to be entertained. I'll go toss on Logan. Um, no, because it's 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 a tough it's a tough sit in ways because of uh, the fact they take their time to tell the story. So for me. I would give it a a what is it a flog score? Flog score a flog score, yes, yes. A, a flogging, a flogging of of, of two. Okay, two. okay, that's good. A high two. I'm thinking now that Yourself? I should probably start off with zero to five. That would make more sense because zero flogs would be oh perfect movie. So oh great, so you're you're editing on I the am, fly. I'm, well, then I got to change my yeah, score as I was well. Just then thinking it gets a one zero. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense because I was like, hang on, two sounds okay. too high. It deserves yeah. So yeah. one sounds more appropriate, and I okay. would probably so I wouldn't flog this film at all. Uh, would be a zero to like one little yes. one little smack on the tush. that's it. You're getting so, it. yeah. I'm you're giving it, it one. Yeah, there we go. Okay, right, I got it. I will go for one just to uh, not complicate things even further than they already are. One okay. would be. Would be would be my score, and uh, that's probably why I'm You're doing great work. That's ben. probably why we're not quite at the level of Shat the movies yet, not quite, but we're getting there. No, Kelly Clarkson. I think this flogging. I think this flog score is going to catch. Oh, up. of course, of course, it's going to. It's just I need to uh, just get it correct. But uh, yeah, just need to get it make sense. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's all part of the experience. Uh, Live on air. All right, man. I've been up since since five thirty. I'm 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 done talking to you. I'm gonna go. So the Batman. Hey, what did you think? <laughs> Let's resume that conversation. Uh, go watch it, and we'll find out. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone. This is Dan Mackle. So yeah, he may like my other co-hosts. Well, Fiona's always around. Like Tom, um, he, he may be popping in occasionally if you're lucky. You know, once every couple of months when I've just got no one else to talk to, I'll give him a call. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. 
this is your new co-host. Every so often. <laughs> Here he is, Dan Mackles. Uh, you lucky sods. I'm, just ha- I'm, ha- I'm hanging up on okay. you. Okay, all right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Now to finish off the sound of Ireland. Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number. If you're listening to this trailer, you're deciding whether or not you're going to listen to this podcast. Good. But chances are, we've lost you already. Good. Wait, what? No, come on, Matt. What? Well, Why? I mean, it takes, it takes what, like 10 seconds for people you're to lose interest in things? I am not being defeatist. defeatist. They've you gone are. already. It's for now. Well, now they are because we started arguing, so we've both sort of driven them out. Well, go right, on, just then. Go on tell, to, tell you... the dead air who we are. Okay, the dead air. The dead air. The cadaver. The people who aren't listening anymore. I'm taking control. You introduce yourself. And then I'll introduce myself, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing, right? It's going to sound more professional that way. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm Johnny Gross. I am a filmmaker and a film fan and fanatic and obsessive. Good. Very good. That was very well done. Very professional. You sounded like you're in control and almost like you know who you are. All right, then. And who are you? I'm Sai. I'm a 3D artist and a game designer, a film fan. Uh, I'm your brother as well. Really? So we're going to be talking about some of our favorite movies and hopefully some of yours as well. There's going to be trivia behind the scenes. Do you want to tell the listeners why we've called this podcast What's Our Seat Number? You really came to the right person with fielding this question because I feel that I can take this story and really bring it to life. Okay, so one time we went to go and see a film in the cinema and I asked, What's Our Seat Number? Fantastic. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. I did it for you. It's great. If you want to hear more, you can check out the rest of our episodes. We're hosted by Podbean, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or Audible, TuneIn Alexa, Listen Notes, and now on iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Podchaser. So pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to review, like, and rate, and keep listening, because the more you listen, the more we'll be able to produce. Bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.